Well, welcome to the Hunt Backcountry podcast. It has been a while. It's been about a month since we've uh, released a new episode, and it's good to be back. We got back from Alaska last week uh, from our caribou hunt, Steve and myself and a group of good buddies, and that's what we're going to talk about on this episode. So this one's a bit different. We're not going to talk like tips, tactics, strategies, how-to, logistics, anything. This is more the story of the hunt, kind of how some things went down, how we filled our tags, and some of the adventure we had along the way with that. So we will release another podcast episode about the hunt, covering the logistics and tips and tactics, what we learned, gear, etc. All that is coming for sure. But in tonight's episode, it's myself, Steve, Tyler Crockett, Jason Wright, and Lenny Nelson, the guys from the Pure Elevation Productions crew. All of which were on the trip along with Justin Nelson and my good buddy Jared. Those two guys are not on the podcast, but we're on the trip as well. So we had seven guys on this trip. Six of us had tags. Justin from Top Priority was along to kind of film um, and soak up the experience with us and help document that, which will be released later. So really looking forward to it. This trip was something that went different than expected. And we talk about that in this podcast episode, but You'll hear, despite the fact that we had success, like the highs and the lows and all that. As we get into it, um, if you do have questions about logistics and how to and kind of the nitty gritty details about how to do a hunt like this, go ahead and send us an email to podcast at exomountgear.com so we can make sure we get you guys good answers uh, for the questions you have about this type of hunt. Also, this month uh, in September, we're doing a giveaway with Leupold. So Steve and I on this hunt and for the last year have been shooting the Leupold VX5 HD rifle scope. Uh, we both used them, as I mentioned on this hunt, both used them to fill our caribou tags. Just a super solid scope, really clear, easy to adjust. Love it. Um, and Leupold's a great company making stuff. Um, just a good family American company, which is awesome to see. So we're not like sponsored by them or anything else like that, but we did partner with them for this month in the podcast. I want to give you guys a chance to win a Leupold VX5 HD rifle scope. And then there's also another Leupold rangefinder that we're giving away. To enter to win either of those, just go to exomountaingear.com forward slash podcast. Look for that giveaway link and be sure you get entered to do that. All right, let's dive right into this conversation. So again, this is myself, Steve, Tyler, Jason, and Lenny, and we just basically dive right into the story on our Alaskan caribou hunt that we just returned from last week. So guys, let's uh, let's pick up the story in Katsabu. Uh, we all flew up there expecting to fly into the field Monday. That didn't happen. We were delayed a full day. Um, just from... It's a worthwhile part of the story not to kiss butt here, but Stephen Lenny, long story short, you guys gave up uh, a flight and couldn't fly until Tuesday so that the five of us could go in. Um, that was... Thank you for that. And it, I guess from your guys' perspective, you had been there before and done that, but seriously, um, that was a cool thing to do. Uh, for the rest of us, it was our first time hunting caribou, and so we got to fly in Monday. What were What were your thoughts, Jason, when we got to the lake that we were hunting from for the week in terms of just seeing the country for the first time? Uh, well, the first thing, obviously, that was just different was a complete and total lack of trees. And it just, you couldn't get any kind of gauge of 
the, like a size reference of, of the layout of the country. And then uh, the other thing that was kind of cool was as soon as we landed, there was a herd of caribou right there by where our camp was. And so that was sweet. We had, we'd been hearing nothing but gloom and doom stories from the guys coming in and out of the field. And so we were, it was pretty optimistic to uh, fly right over top of some caribou. So that was sweet. Yeah. And we saw, I mean, I saw maybe, I don't know if I remember right, between maybe a dozen and 20 caribou, the whole flight in almost 150 miles. And then right near camp, there were some caribou. So that was exciting. Um, what was your first, uh, your first thoughts, Tyler? You've been to Alaska before on a moose hunt, but totally different area. Um, yeah. What was your just first thoughts as you landed? Uh, you know, it was kind of, uh, yeah, it was such different country. I really didn't know what I thought I was going to see when I cruised in there. Um, oops, sorry, I just hung up my dang thing. Um, flew in there. I didn't know what the country's going to look like. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's just like completely open and these appearingly easy looking to navigate draws. And uh, later found out that that was not the case. But I thought, man, this is going to be easy to travel in because look at this. There's nothing. We can just haul butt from one mountainside to the other. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that was a rude awakening on that one. Yeah, we'll get into that. That's for sure. Tyler is someone who was packing a bow out of the uh, six of us hunting. There's two guys with a bow, yourself and Lenny. How... I don't know that I asked you, how concrete were you on going bow only, or was it just a matter of if things get later and you haven't filled the tag, you're willing to put out a rifle, at least at the beginning of the hunt? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was I was committed 100% bow until literally the last day. And because, I mean, I expected, you know, that would be easy the last day. There'd be all sorts of caribou coming through. So I was like, yeah, an arrow, the last day I'll just shoot one full. And so I was pretty committed except for last day. So there's, yeah, there's so much we can cover, but let's skip ahead. So next day, you know, after we fly in, it's, it's the five of us, Steve and Lenny, you guys are going to meet us in the field this day, but you can't hunt that day being the day that you fly. So, uh, we have five of us together. Let's call it the first day of hunting in the morning. Weather was good. Um, Jason kind of pick up just leading to the story. You, uh, jumping ahead, like you were the first one and you were able to fill a tag that day. But before we get to that point, what, what comes to mind in terms of the morning and then how did it go down from your perspective on when you spotted those caribou? Uh, well, backing up just a little bit from that, like when we were kind of stuck at the outfitter, we were trying to like speculate, looking at the map, trying to figure out where these caribou are going to be coming from. And cause I mean, we're just getting dropped off and, and they wouldn't even really tell us where they're going to drop us. And, um, wouldn't even give us a clue. So when we landed there on this lake, we're kind of thinking, okay, we know the map a little bit. And we, I guess we have no choice, but to go up this, this one draw, that's like a natural, natural funnel for us, like right towards our, well, right beside our camp. So <laughs> that was basically, you know, that morning was super nice. We were just like, well, I guess all we can do is hike up this, this, this drainage. <laughs> that was yeah. basically the game plan for lack of any other game plan. Yeah. It was a pretty, the way the country was, how big it was, how it was laid out, like it's pretty obvious. Let's go up this drainage and, and see what we see. So we got up there and just started uh, kind of picking apart the hillside and glassing. And I'm trying to remember, we, we didn't really see much. Do we, we didn't see much of anything across, across the canyon, across the draw. And then the, that small bull and a cow ran out below us in rifle range just out of nowhere. Um, and then we were getting ready to make a move when I just happened to look up the hill behind us on these like kind of rocky, barren, like moonscape hillsides. And here's a, a bull standing 
up on the skyline, plain as day, like, oh crap, there's one right there on our side of the mountain. So uh, a plan was made from there. Yeah, it was pretty exciting to be first morning, really hadn't seen much other than that small bowl down in the bottom. And then all of a sudden it was like perfectly silhouetted as if it was dropped there by God of like, yes, a bull that's worth chasing. <laughs> um, Tyler, from your perspective, as we looked at this bull, formulated a game plan and you have the bow, kind of just relay that story from your end of things. So, yeah, we saw that bull up there and, and you know, we saw him and we knew that he, he kind of walked uh, kind of rounded o- over this ridge and thought, well, maybe he went up there and we'll get lucky and he's bedded down somewhere up there. And cause there's no like sneak, there's not a bush really to hide behind where they were at. It's just rocky rockscape and weird vegetation. And, uh, so I thought if we get up there and we catch him bedded, I might be able to get above him and hunt him like a mule deer in essence and put a stock on him and, Lo and behold, we got around there and him and another smaller bull were bedded up there and thought, man, this is a, you know, a good opportunity. And I honestly did not have very much confidence that they would stay bedded very long. Um, I mean, I really knew nothing about caribou coming to this, but I, every video I've ever seen of them, they're never bedded all day long, like a mule deer. (laughs) So I knew our time was limited to get on him. And that's where we enacted, you know, if I screwed it up, you know, there's a rifle to to back up my screw up, in essence. Yeah, so we played uh, Tyler and the Backup Boys. Tyler, uh, you <laughs> and Justin, <laughs> you and Justin went up the hill kind of behind this little finger ridge and we're planning on looping around. Um, that left myself, Jason, and Jared kind of down at the bottom of this draw uh, got into position. I want to say, Jason, where we were at when they were bedded was what? I want to say it was like 380 yards or something like that. Yeah, I think it was 400 something. And then we snuck up a little closer to that little kind of knob and, and got set up and ready. And I was, you know, I'm never one to like try to get it done. Well, except for on a hunt where I've scouted something, but to get it done the first day, I kind of wanted to keep on hunting. But um, so I was trying to get Mark to shoot. I was like, well, why don't you shoot it? And he's like, no, man, you spotted it. And <laughs> so, um, Jared's filming with the long lens and, and I'm filming with another camera and we can see, um, Tyler and Justin on the skyline. Uh, unfortunately the wind was coming right down towards those bulls and, and they, uh, one of them got up and the one I ended up shooting, um, got up and kind of started sniffing uphill and they, you tell they were getting a little on edge, um, so at that point we knew something was going to happen and um, I just kind of set the camera up on, on both Mark and I and then started nestling in behind the gun. And uh, Mark, do you remember me saying, if you got a shot, take him. It's just, you know, yeah, trying to get you to shoot him. And of course you were super gracious and going, no man, just, you got time. Just, just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, I mean, I was on him, but, uh, and I think I even, I remember it'll be interesting to watch the footage because it's funny how things happen and how you remember them and how those don't always align. But I remember asking you if you were on them and then you were, and then I was like, well, which one? Cause there was two bowls. Um, and the one was cre- clearly better than the other. So, um, yeah, it all worked out. They, they began to kind of win Tyler. Both those bowls got up and really started funneling down right towards us. Um, I want to say when you had your shot, Jason, what do you think that distance was? Uh, well, you would range it, I think you range it around 200, but they were kind of moving or maybe it was just like 210 or just above 200. Uh, and I think I got a similar range. So I, 
uh, dialed the scope to 200 and, and, um, you know, just got ready. And I, I kept on looking on my shoulder to Jared to make sure he's on him. And I kind of missed a window where he was just super calm and just standing there broadside. And, and I think I rushed a shot and anyway, long story short, there was not the best of shooting, but, um, <laughs> the end result was a uh, bull down. So, yeah, bull down. Um, it was exciting, man. First morning and it happened I mean, it wasn't like the very first thing we did in the first half hour, but it was relatively quick. Uh, I think you had you had called it, Tyler, didn't you say? It was like, oh, we're going to shoot something by 11. You'd said that early that morning, I think. Yeah, totally. I did. I was like, we're going to have something down by 11. And that happened yep. not at 11, but during the 11 o'clock hour. Yeah, totally. So you called like, it. <laughs> yeah, well, when you just constantly are calling out positive things, eventually some of them come true, and then you can act like you knew what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> I'm still laughing about Tyler and the backup boys. I think that needs to become like official theme. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That was that was the theme and that's the theme that's gonna continue. <laughs> Should be the name of the the full draft film tour or something. Tyler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really nothing like taking a bow to a gunfight, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few memorable scenes from this trip, that's for sure. Oh, some man. of which we can speak of on the podcast and some of which we maybe shouldn't. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, bull down, super exciting. Uh, it's the five of us. We, um, get to your bull working on it. Jason, Steven, Lenny, you guys flew in that morning. Um, so we got, uh, I think in messages and here you guys come hiking up the mountain, get into camp. And we, as you arrive, there's already a bull down. What were your thoughts, Steve? Yeah. I mean, we land and Lenny and I, I think Lenny had to sight it in his bow, which was, how did that go down? Like, no, you pulled your bow out of the bow case. Once we got to um, Kotzebue and his sight was completely jacked up somehow in travel, it got smashed and it was all messed up. So uh, that's how it happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, my black gold, which is unusual, was like almost cracked in half. So, um, yeah, I got to got there to camp. And as Steve and I knew, we had like 10 minutes of no wind blowing. So we're like, man, let's sight this bone real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we got to camp and, and that was the t- Tyler bringing a little tiny target was the best thing ever. I mean, kind of a pain. They asked to pack that all the way from Boise up to the middle of Alaska, but being able to shoot your bow and Tyler, I know that worked out well for you. Didn't, didn't it? Cause you yeah, shot it, your bow and you were shooting off. Yeah, totally, man. And I, that, that came about from a bad experience I had early September on a mule deer. I thought, Oh my gosh, that's not going to happen again. So yeah, I hauled that little 12 by 12 by 12 cube and, yeah, it was money. I mean, I had room for it in my bag, got there. And when I, I, I had, I just slid my slider out. I have a black gold pro and I just slid it out and thought it would get in the exact same groove. And when I went back, everything, it just doesn't always go back exactly like it was. And I'm, I was so glad because at 40, I was off like four or five inches left and four or five inches low. So if I wouldn't have that, I wouldn't really have known that I wasn't dialed. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, so we land and then I, yeah, I turn, I think I turn on the inReach and bam, message pops through bull down and I pull up on the inReach app and look at the map and like, shit, Lenny, they're only two and a half miles away. And <laughs> Jason had said something like, Hey, you guys come pack it out or the other guys hunt. And, and Lenny had been sitting on our butt for three days at that point. So we were more than willing to, more than willing to throw a pack on and start hiking and go help out and pack some meat back to camp. Yeah. Perfect. So day one got to pull down by lunchtime and then. 
you know, we kind of sat there and we're telling stories and had some fox encounters, which we don't have time for. And uh, was it you, Lenny, that spotted this next group of bulls uh, across the bottom and on that opposing hillside? Yeah, yeah. As we're, as we're sitting there, I think I picked up a couple. And then finally, just I can't remember what it was, later afternoon or maybe early afternoon, yeah, I picked up these two bulls and, and a cow. And we looked up there through the spot and scope and... He said up there, there's no depth perception, so it didn't look that far. But you know, you got to throw a spot and scope on him, look at him, and I'm like, man, that's a pretty nice bull. Um, and so, obviously, Steve and I, well, we can't hunt today, so we'll stay here with Jason, and you know, you guys make a plan. You guys should be over there in 30 minutes. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> it was uh, Tyler and the Backup Boys Part Two. Um, it was now uh, Jason was kicked out of the group. It was now Jared and myself as the Backup Boys with Tyler. Um, yeah, it's funny. These bulls were up, uh, near a saddle that some guys we had talked to back in town had told us about the saddle. They had hunted in the same area and they were, you know, basically saying they saw caribou coming through the saddle, but I think they said it was, they either said it was impossible to reach or it took all day or something like that. It was four miles away and we're, we're sitting there on the opposing hillside looking at it and going, it's just right there. Like, we'll just, no problem. We'll hike over there. We'll be there in less than an hour. Um, this is mid to late afternoon. Um, and so Tyler, we take off pretty much pick a line and, and go after these bulls and kind of drop off the mountainside and begin to, let's say cruise through the bottom. Is that how you would put it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny sitting over there. It literally looks, I mean, what was it like two and a half miles over there? I think to those bulls and sitting there, it's like, you literally think, oh my gosh, I can be over there like in, you know, 45 minutes just walking and until you get in the middle of it and you realize that, yeah, that 45 minutes is not going to be reality at all. The, one of the coolest things, and this is kind of where, where it all begins, but about this hunt, there was multiple times, which we'll probably talk about where we had a couple guys or a group of guys hunting and then a couple guys or a group of guys in a different part of this drainage that were watching things unfold from afar um, and so this was the first instance of like Tyler, myself, Jared, Justin filming, taking off. And then you got Jason, Stephen, and Lenny hanging back watching us. And, uh, I guess, you know, Steve, you can begin to fill in some of your perspective on how this went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's pretty dang comical. That's for sure. Um, so we're sitting there and you, but you just have no, it's so hard to describe how small the country looked but then you like get on onyx and draw a line to where the caribou were and you're like yeah that's two and a half miles um but it doesn't look like it like i said tyler said you're looking at it, it looks like 45 minutes so i remember they take off to go hunt and uh or take off to go you know make a play on this caribou and we're just kind of sitting there bsing i swear an hour goes by and we look down and they're still like on our side <laughs> of the creek and we're just like there's no sense of urgency. What are they doing? Those caribou are moving. Yeah, these bulls are starting to kind of feed across this this hillside. I'm like, man, they got to get up there. You know, why are they why are they dilly dallying? <laughs> yeah. They kept putting on their waders, taking off their waders, putting on their waders, <laughs> taking off their waders. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah so when we we dropped to the bottom it was swamp and then it was like the tussocks uh what we now refer to as the hairy balls um <laughs> crossing those and then i think there was what tyler four i want to say four times we had to wait her up yeah it was absolutely the worst place to cross in the whole that whole valley it, like you go 
200 yards below it and 200 yards above it, and you can put your waders on one time. But we picked like the worst line. And yeah, it was four, I think four times putting them on and off. Yeah. And it was so thick in between the segments that like we were worried that waders would just get shredded. It was alders and a tangled mess. So yeah, needless to say, it took some time. Yeah, we didn't even know, like, it was, like you said, it's so thick. We would, like, put them on, cross, like, this little, like, thigh-deep bog slash creek, and then you couldn't see 20 yards or 30 yards in front of you. So we'd, like, take them off, and then we'd walk literally for 30 seconds and be like, oh, my gosh, we got to put them on again. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, it was a mess. So we pulled well, through yeah, that. Um, yeah, go ahead, Steve. No, yeah, I was going to say, and then you, you guys finally pulled through that, and from our perspective, walking across what we called the yellow, which was just open tussocks, like grass, uh, slash hairy balls, it looked like it was like 100 yards of that stuff, um, and that was where the, the no sense of urgency really yeah. came into play, because we're just like, these guys are just freaking like walking 10 steps and taking a half hour rest, and <laughs> like, we were... Like, I mean, we were freaking John Madden and, you know, whoever commenting the whole thing play by play, you know, watching us through right? a spotter and yeah, watching and... the spotter sitting there. And man, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it was like, after, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, now Tyler's in front and then pretty soon Justin's in front and pretty soon we're like, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> for, for the, for the listeners that don't understand what tussocks is. So we, we call it hairy balls. You could be more politically correct and maybe call it suckics. Um, but for, for people that don't know what that is, imagine a basketball covered with like grass on top of this flexible pedestal and hundreds and thousands of them together looking like a grass floor until, and you'd think you can step on it and then it rolls and it's like you break your ankle and then you step on the next one and it like, you know, you know, relocates your ankle. It's just, you can't step on top of them. So you have to step in between them, which are anywhere between six and like 12 inches deep of stuff. You can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you step between them and it's solid ground. And another time it's like a 12 foot or 12 foot, a 12 inch <laughs> hole. You have no idea. Yeah. I was trying to think of what to compare it to. And I hear like in Idaho, the only thing I could think would be like post holing through snow where you take two steps on top of it and then you fall through down to your, you know, down to your waist. But this is like, it's that on steroids times a thousand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's why we had no urgency. It took a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> and from, from our perspective, yeah, you guys were just going super, super slow. Yeah. So when we got out of the hairy balls, or as you guys say, the yellow to make us sound like sissies, it hit the bottom of the hillside and Tyler, I mean, Tyler can just flat out hike. Tyler takes off like a madman. Um, Jared's behind him. Myself and Justin are bringing up the rear, cruising. Justin's filming. Um, and at one point, Justin stops and goes, or Justin or Jared? I think it might have been Jared. I forget. One of them two goes, how old is Tyler? Because he was just like <laughs> leaving us in his dust. Um, and so we're we're pulling up this draw, which we think is like the draw over from where the caribou were at with like this little finger ridge separating us. And then... At one point, Justin was totally gassed and basically said he's going to puke. So then I was hanging back with him. Um, so Tyler, go into, you get to the top and then kind of just give us a layout of how things are set up, if you will. Well, last time we saw the caribou, like it was kind of weird walking across that opening anyways, but you know, we kind of figured out caribou don't get, you know, they don't, it's like they're not even watching for humans apparently, but 
um, I got over there and we could see they're kind of holding elevation as they're side hilling across these kind of um, drainages. And I knew that like the only way that we're going to have a chance at this, cause there's no, like, there's no spot in the stock in these things. There's just nowhere to hide and no, no way to get close to them. So I was like, we got to get in front of them and hope we choose the right path. And they walk in front of us, just more of an ambush. And so that's why I'm like, I knew they were coming and I was like, I got to get to that spot. I got to get to that elevation where they were at. And that, that was kind of the urgency to, to get there. And yeah, I just, uh, everything I had, I mean, I was gassed too. And I was motivated because I knew that there wasn't going to be a lot of opportunity just from, I don't know. I just didn't feel like there was going to be a lot of opportunity from the amount of caribou we saw. So I was like, I, I got to try to figure out how to make this happen. Yeah, so you got kind of up above us, and Justin and I were back down. You and Jared were up a bit uh, in elevation on the hillside. And at one point, I saw you, like, pointing like they're coming. But I, from my perspective, I totally thought that they were coming in on your elevation. From where I was looking up at you, it looked like you are on this little almost bench um, that I thought they were going to come down and come straight to you. And then I kind of see you more emphatically motion, like, get your butt down, they're coming. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they basically came out right between us. I think they were, they were probably 60, 70 yards from where I was at. Just like a, yeah, they were right there. Um, and, you know, it was one of those deals where I'm rifle in hand, the bulls crest this ridge closest to me at that point. But they're, they're going above me and angling up. And I thought, man, if I let this play out, they might come in right to Tyler. Um, you can pick it up from there, Tyler. And, and dude, so much had to, so much had to go right in that, honestly, because you and you and Justin, you know, you guys got stuck maybe a hundred yards below me and Jared hustled and he actually got up there with me. So I had like a rifle guy behind me and, um, I, I was, I was worried that, you know, for one, the wind was kind of half going uphill a little bit and, and you guys were in the wide open, like not, you were maybe 15 yards from a, a bush, but Justin with this big old white lens was like wide open. So in my mind, all this is processing fast. I thought, okay, this is going to play out one of two ways. One, they're, they're going to see those guys down there. They're either going to win them or get too nervous there and bust out, or they're going to be curious enough and distracted enough that they're not going to care about me above them. And it just so happened. That's exactly what did happen is they saw you guys and they were nervous. I mean, they'd come, they'd look at you and then they'd take about four or five steps and they'd kind of look at you again. And you guys completely, it's almost like it's played out perfectly, just completely by luck, honestly, you know, and, and yeah, they, they stepped and the, the, the smaller bull, um, stepped and it's kind of like he was leading, leading the bigger bull and he kind of would walk in the bigger bull. Well, that, that caribou walked, I guess I'll walk too. And they came right down exactly where we kind of thought they were splitting the distance between Mark and I and, you know, and then Jared and, and, uh, Justin just same, same spots. Yeah. We were almost set up in like a, like a square. We had like four points. Um, oh, totally. And then, yeah, the, the, that lead bull came through, went right between us, essentially. And I just remember, you know, <laughs> trying to stay as still as possible. I was trying to keep my face down, especially. I didn't have any face paint or anything like that on. 
um, just trying to stay down, stay still, but at the same time, watch what's going on. And I see that first bull come through and you don't shoot. And I see the second one coming in. And at this point, I'm like kind of okay to look uphill. And I literally look up and see you come to full draw. And then in like a direct line as I'm looking up is a caribou <laughs> and then you at full draw. Yeah. Like, so that was like, from, our, from our perspective across the hill. Like I had everyone in my spot and scope. Tyler was at like one o'clock. Jared was at like two o'clock. Mark was down by seven, like straight up <laughs> opposing. Justin was over like four or five o'clock and the caribou was walking to the center of the dial. And it's like, Oh my crazy. God, Tyler's going to have to shoot through the center of the clock, right? Toward, it was, it was chaos. I was like, how's this going to happen? <laughs> my sight picture. Remember, oh, go ahead, Steve. Uh, I was just, I just remember like Jason and, and I mean, all of us were just shaking. Like there, like the anticipation, anticipation of watching this unfold in front of us was, um, it was crazy. It, it was like better than being on the hunt yourself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, the sight, the sight picture for me was, well, first of all, I want to, kudos to mark and jared because i mean they're behind guns and basically fingers on triggers and they had like the patience discipline kindness whatever you want to call it to to let it play out because if you wouldn't have obviously that wouldn't have happened for me but like back to my sight picture the the small bull comes and he steps in i i had a range like one bush there that i could get a range off of it was like a you know, a 12 inch bush and it was 50 yards and that bull steps right into my 50 yards. And then I see the other bigger bull coming and they're completely distracted by you and just coming. I'm like, okay, the big bull's coming. And he steps probably 10 feet behind that, that smaller bull. And so he's 55 to 60 yards probably. And I'm like, okay, this is my chance and I draw and they, they looking down at you and Justin and I draw and in my sight picture, like I, I, I level bubble and I like put my pin, split my 50 and 60 pin right where it needs to be. And over my sight housing to the left, like the top left corner of my sight housing, Mark is in the, like the fetal position down there. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, God, let this arrow fly true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, granted, he was like, you know, 100 yards away. Um, but still, it was like, it definitely distracted me for a moment seeing you like right over my housing. <laughs> yeah. I just remember looking up and seeing you at full draw and the bull right between us. And I was so tempted of like wanting to watch, but at the same time, like this <laughs> natural instinct of turning my head. Um, so you didn't shoot me in the face and you shot me in the back of the head. But yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> yeah man it was it was I, I i broke the shot loose i put my pin right where it need to be and i broke the shot loose and right when i shot i think he finally winded you guys a little bit and he whirled just as the arrow hit like i mean it's just like perfect simultaneous spin and hit and uh yeah i knew the shot right off the bat i was like dead dead i mean i was fist pumping i just it felt that good and just that confident in the shot and he went he went down in sight um from your guys's perspective lenny seeing all that go down what was that reaction on two and a half miles away through the spotter <laughs> <laughs> you know it's i think it's almost more like anticipation watching it from that distance just because you can see everything so well i mean like we were all like 
like literally like shaking like we were cold but we weren't it was just you know the excitement of watching it all go down and you know by the time we saw it go down I, like honestly it was like tyler says one of one in a thousand just everything went right and i mean it was definitely high fives all around and like oh my god i can't believe that just happened and we watched it so it, it was fun uh, that's so cool so tyler you uh Day one, hunting day one with a bow, you killed not only a caribou, you killed a stud bull. Uh, and then just the way that it went down was beyond awesome. Um, and thankfully caught it all on film and that'll be coming for sure. But what were your, what were your first thoughts, uh, when you saw that bull drop? Oh man, I was so pumped. I mean, instantly like, top two hunting moments of my lifetime um hunting caribou in that crazy amazing country in the arctic circle in fact i I was like i think i told jared or somebody i was like oh my gosh i just shot a caribou with my bow in the arctic circle yeah you know it's just super cool fist pumps um yeah i was i was i was just so beside myself that it actually played out i mean i just felt so fortunate and lucky blessed whatever you want to call it because by all rights it really shouldn't have worked out (laughs) but it it did and yeah i was walking up to him i was just i I got quiet for a bit because i just it it just seemed surreal that everything played out the way that it did yeah it was pretty special for sure so end of day one jason's tagged out you guys uh lenny steve and jason just watched all this go down now you're loading up and packing a caribou to camp tyler uh you justin and jared myself we get your caribou process taken care of we're way up above camp at this point and basically pick a what we think is a good route after coming (laughs) through the hellhole we got to get where we were uh, we thought we picked a better route. It was better, but not great for sure. Definitely wasn't uh, the funnest pack out in the world. Get back after dark. Had a little bit of a walk past camp being drawn to the moon type thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so get to the end of hunting day one. All of us are safe in the Arctic at camp. Two caribou in camp. Two good bulls uh, in camp. I mean, it just it felt like it pretty much couldn't get any better. Um and then it kind of did. Steve, what was that night? It, the Northern Lights came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was, I was telling my wife, uh, it, it's got to be top two or three things I've ever witnessed with my eyes. Um, yeah. we were, And and uh, I think Lenny, Jason, and I, we got back obviously a couple hours before you guys and definitely had plenty of whiskey at camp. So we're kind of just <laughs> feeling pretty good. And then you guys are back. We're telling hunting stories and you look up in the sky and all of a sudden, you're like, what is that? And then, holy cow, that's the Northern Lights. And I, I, I don't even really have words to describe it other than, yeah, one of the top two or three things that I've ever witnessed. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Just like, I've obviously seen the photos of the Northern Lights. In my mind, it was just like this static thing of like, oh, there's lights in the sky. But to like see them, watch them move, like change shapes, come up from different directions. Man, it was unbelievable. What were your thoughts, Jason? Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, you know, the pictures, they always come up kind of green, but in person, they're more more of a lighter color. But they the th- fascinating thing to me was how fast they moved and transformed. It was like a like a slow moving smoke, just like coming up over horizon. You're like, wow, like if you look the other direction for a little bit, you look back, it's completely different. It's changed completely. It's It was amazing. Yeah, so it truly like after that trip, it was or after that day, I would say it really felt like this whole trip was 
I would say I was, you know, not like it didn't catch me off guard that we got there and we're delayed a day and dealing with all that and sitting around and blah, blah, blah. That is what it is. I somewhat expected that. But then to go from that to then a day like this, it was truly like, you know, a low followed by an incredible, incredible high. It was crazy. It 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 definitely was like I say that it was, you know, top two hunting moments, but like overall like day, like best day ever of hunting because like two good bulls with awesome dudes and then coming back and just seeing God's light show was just mind blowing. I was just like, it, it could not, I don't know how you could have wrote out a better day. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. So to hit things chronologically day two, uh, we didn't fill any tags. Um, we kind of split up that day, went some different directions. Steve did exo death hike 2019 part two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he had all this pent up energy from being delayed in flying, I think. And you guys made quite the trek that day, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had a destination, but basically the saddle that was behind, like, the country that fed up to the saddle that Tyler's bulls showed up into. I just wanted to get over there and check it out. And that country again, is just so deceiving. It just, even though you know, on the map, it tells you the distance you look at it and you know, I'd be over there quick. And yeah, but definitely some, like it was, you know, Lenny and I's first day hunting. This is, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday after we were supposed to be out there Sunday. So, you know, you're just definitely like ready to go. And, um, that was the day the wind started. I mean, Jason, I remember you and I being up on that ridge and just 30 plus mile an hour winds right in your face. And you're just kind of like, I don't, how do you even shoot a, a gun in this? It's so windy. Yeah. You can't glass. It was just a steady, constant, miserable wind. Yeah. 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 So day, day two in terms of hunting days, this is like shoot day four or five of the trip. But the second hunting day, we split groups. Steve and your crew, you guys did the death hike. I was smart and avoided you, and we had a nice relaxing day on the hillside uh, trying to glass for caribou, which is part of the game, you know? And yep. uh, But yeah, those winds picked up, and then by the time we were all back at camp that night, those winds had started and hadn't taken a break, like, at all. Um, all afternoon, all night, all evening. Um, we were scrambling to reinforce tents and put big rocks over stakes and add more guy lines and uh yeah it was uh it was quite the the wind that's for sure and then uh yeah the next day we woke up and the winds hadn't done anything they hadn't changed so we spent uh <laughs> that whole third day in the tent uh other than getting some water going to the bathroom which proved to be an interesting challenge jason peed in his face for the first time yeah <laughs> we learned that what, you, ha- what you have to pee at a, did you learn jason uh, you have to pee at a 45 degree angle because if you pee dead away like i literally had the wind took my pee and it hit me in the face i'm like how is that even possible Texas right back at you. yeah yeah it's just yeah you have to learn how to pee in that wind for sure uh, yeah <laughs> So pro tip, 45 degree angle into the wind. <laughs> yeah. And then hope you got a, a particularly strong stream that day or that round. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets out there ways from you before it just turns into a mist. I was going to say, it's hard to imagine, you know, especially here in Idaho, like we get wind and we get gusts, but to have 40, 50 mile an hour winds that they just don't, that is what it is. It doesn't, there's no gusts. It doesn't stop it. Um, it's hard to imagine wind shutting you down from hunting for a day, but it's absolutely the case up there. Just 
nothing you could do with it that strong. I mean, besides making sure a tent wasn't going to blow away, getting water, or going to the bathroom, we were in the tent for, I don't even, I mean, it didn't count the hours, but it was 30 plus hours. Yeah. Um, it was that night, literally the whole next day. Lenny, you more than anybody would try and be a trooper and go out to glass for like moments here and there and would last maybe two minutes or something like that just from camp. Um, but yeah, just hanging out and yeah, that was it. I learned how to play cribbage, you know, that was, yeah, that was the highlight of that day. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That, that's and, one thing and, and, though. And we did lose a few tents. Yeah, we did lose tents. Um, yeah, we'll hit like logistics and gear and all that to come, but yeah, tent choice is, uh, important for sure. That was just, it, to me, both the high of that first hunting day of, uh, Jason and Tyler, you guys getting those bulls and then the Northern lights, like that was such a cool day, but it was only made infinitely better by sharing that, you know, with a good group of guys, as you said, Tyler, but then having that like low day of wind being stuck in the tents for 30 plus hours, that was not ideal. None of us wanted to lose hunting time. None of us wanted to be in a tent, but like it was way more tolerable because of the group of guys we had versus if it were like you and a buddy, it just would have been freaking miserable, you know, but with like a bigger group of guys and hanging out, you know, it was, it, it passed by. It was what it was. It wasn't ideal, but we made the best of it for sure. You know what else, Mark? Um, it was cool. Uh, you know, cause it, in my mind, it felt like the, the migration and it didn't necessarily work out this way, but it felt like the migration in my mind. And I don't know why, if I fabricated this or what, but in my mind, it, the, the migration, the big migration of these 230,000 herd caribou hinged on north winds, right? So everything up until that day was like south. It seemed like south and not north winds. And then all of a sudden, we're stuck in the tents. And in my mind, I'm like, man, the winds are coming out of the north, the north, you know, the north area. And this, oh, my gosh, we're going to wake up when the winds are blowing and there are going to be thousands of caribou this is yeah. awesome and it, it kind of made being in the tent a little more bearable because you thought that you know a guy would think that okay well they're going to come running over the brooks now right yeah i mean we definitely had that conversation and built anticipation for the next day for sure um yeah steve pick up that next day we thankfully wake up after being in the tent for 30 plus hours the winds are died down it's going to be a good huntable day um just yeah kind of pick up that day and that story um yeah so i think we were splitting up it was uh was it me you and tyler yeah me you and tyler and then and then lenny jason justin jared going to a different spot we're gonna split up and we uh man i think they started hiking one way and then uh we were we were gonna go up the canyon the same place we'd killed all the, the caribou prior to that um and uh, we'd spotted some caribou and basically it was the whole, they were in front of us moving up the Canyon and there was just like there, you know, you know, even me or Lenny and I, after our, our hunt that we did this in 2017, like you're not catching caribou. That just doesn't happen. Um, but luckily they've been moving slow. So you and, you and Tyler decided to go up the side of the draw and I was going to go up the river bottom. Um, and the, hopefully one of us was going to catch up to them and, luckily for me five and a half miles later and uh <laughs> hand on my pistol the whole time like right on the edge of the brush waiting for a grizzly bear to come eat my face off uh i caught up to him and there happened to be a nice bull in the group and and man i just got lucky and um had a little bit of patience made a couple moves and and was able to get one shot at 190 yards with the with the gun 
Yeah, so we started that day with the two groups going in like vastly different directions. Um, and then, as you mentioned, Steve, you, myself, and Tyler were together. We decided to split up in how we covered that drainage. Uh, and then Tyler and I kind of split off to have better visibility. And if they did cross the river from the bottom to be, you know, on the other side. So we didn't have all our eggs in one basket. And then Lenny and Jason and, and Justin and Jared, you guys were planning on going around the lake, but then saw the caribou up this drainage. And unbeknownst to us, you well figured, well, heck, there's a whole bunch of caribou. We might as well hang around, which was, don't blame you guys for that. But so Tyler and I come up fully expecting like, oh, we're going to basically cover Steve's flank and then run into you guys. So it was another situation where it was now Steve um, chasing these caribou and then the six of us kind of like from afar watching everything go down, which was, again, it's like a, such a different experience to literally sit back from a mile plus two miles plus and watch somebody hunt um so this was a time where after all the jabs you guys gave us from afar uh we were armchair quarterbacking steve so it was, it was good to be on the other side of that for once we we knew watching from afar that steve you were getting ready to to get one out of the herd from what we had seen glassing it looked like there was it, for sure a couple bulls at least a couple bulls and probably a couple shooter bulls <clears throat> and at that point jared and i with rifles and with tags to fill we decided to take off and thought we know steve's gonna shoot a bull out of this group but we're gonna like just haul butt up the drainage and cut over and basically hunt the same herd um after you uh after you get one out of there steve so we were hauling butt keeping an eye on you when we could heard the shot saw that you got a bull down um, realized we weren't then going to catch up to the herd. So we kind of circled back to where you were, uh, with your bull down and Jason, you had come over as well. So we had, uh, had that celebration with you, Steve, and you were like, by the time we got over there, you were already getting to work on that bad boy. Um, and, uh, so Jason was there and, you know, as you were saying, Steve, like you guys go hunt, Jason's here, hold me, he'll help me pack it out. Just go hunt. So Jared and I, uh, with rifles go to take off and we were in the yellow stuff, AKA the hairy balls. Um, <laughs> we had spotted some caribou, uh, up the hillside, didn't look like a shooter, but we we're going to kind of get closer, check that out and then just keep working up this drainage. And so we're slogging through the freaking hairy balls and probably went 800 yards or something like that, which again, doesn't sound like much, but sucks in the hairy balls. And I <laughs> thought I heard something. Um, and I kind of turned around and then I'm looking at you guys and you're pointing. So if I, you're, from your perspective, <laughs> what the heck was going on, Steve? Yeah. So we're, we're literally cutting up my bowl. You guys are walking across the hairy balls. And then we, like, I look over and I see a caribou head on the skyline, uh, probably 300 yards away. And it's a small bowl and we're like, holy crap, there's a freaking bowl right here. You know? So obviously we're whistling and trying to be as loud as we can, but also not scare the caribou off and, I think we had given up and then finally maybe the wind died down enough and we tried one more time and that's when you guys finally looked back and and then yeah we're just basically pointing in the direction where the caribou is you guys pulled the binos up and once we realized that you saw him it was like awesome we're gonna freaking bam we're gonna have two bulls down here any minute so it was pretty cool um cool experience just to watch that from you know we were fairly close to you guys yeah so jared and i just like instinctively take off right back towards where we just came from. We're going through the hairy balls. We're like, we didn't even come up with a plan. We're running through the hairy balls and at this bull and formulating a plan and going, are we shooting this thing? <laughs> you know, who's shooting this thing? Do you want to shoot this? And then 
we kind of saw that it was limping and whatnot. And I told Jared, I'm like, if you want him, go. Um, and so, yeah, he, he wanted to, he wanted to get that and fill his tag. And so I think he had a, we dropped down and he had right about a, I want to say like a right over a 300 yard shot. Um, and so there again, like you guys getting to stand there and watch somebody else in a hunt go down, it was pretty wild. Um, and then, yeah, we had, we had two bulls down within three, 400 yards of each other. And it's, I don't know, midday at this point, something like that. So, um, yeah, we had a good, what was that, Steve, like a little over five mile pack out with the four of us and two bulls. Mm, yes. Yeah, five and a half. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, it's not an easy, it's like probably saying it's like 10 miles at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's gotta yeah. be the equivalent of the energy expenditure to get through that stuff. It's, it's nasty. Yeah. I mean, not only not having trails, but just, yeah, just the country. It's it's just hard to describe, man. Like never been anything like it. I'd take typical mountain miles over that stuff all day for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like mile. Yeah. Mile. I remember saying, I'm thankful these critters aren't as big as elk. Cause we'd be in a world of hurt because <laughs> yeah. they're pretty small caribou really body wise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what, what were you guys doing that whole freaking time? Lenny? I don't even know. You and Justin and Tyler must have been hanging out. I just know that the other four of us were packing two bulls back. <laughs> we're up there glassing on grizzlies and wolves. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So we went further up the drainage uh, to where we could literally see the north. The, the ridge is split the south slope from the north slope because all the caribou seem to be going north and not south. And we'd seen some bigger bulls up there, um, but they had their head down. They were moving. But as we're sitting there, all of a sudden I'm just like, you know, grizzly bear and uh it's a big old uh sow and a cub and we glossed a little bit more and, and then it was a, a giant white wolf with a younger wolf they're about 1800 yards and, and i just had a bow so that didn't help as much um and then saw so another looks like a, a boar up there and then a few caribou but nicknamed it grizzly ridge after that and uh but we sat there all day glassing and never had an opportunity yeah yeah that's right yeah, so that night you guys get back to camp. It was pretty late, and you were telling us about that. You went further up the drainage, super cool spot, saw the grizz, saw the wolves. Um, at this point, we have four bulls in camp. You and I, Lenny, are the only ones with tags left to fill, and tomorrow uh, is the last day of hunting. So we kind of all decided to at least let's stick together like in the beginning and set the plan just to hike back and glass from this point up on Grizzly Ridge, which was, I want to say that was what, four and a half, five miles back to that glassing point anyway, something like that. Yeah. Probably five miles. Yeah. So yeah, we, we kind of next day, last day of the hunt, um, all made that hike together, all seven of us and, uh, got back there. It wasn't, once we figured out what to avoid in that country. We definitely could cover the ground a bit smarter than the first couple days. So it wasn't a horrible five mile hike to get back there. Um, got back to that glassing point. Uh, yeah. So didn't see much initially saw like a bull on his own and then saw a decent, I want, how big was that herd Jason that we saw come over kind of that saddle up to the left there? Oh yeah, I, I just trying to remember what what herd you're talking about. Uh, it was like a dozen or so, and yeah. I think Lenny got eyes on the one bull in there, and he wasn't super excited about it. And then they just completely vanished. Is that the same herd you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. The days yeah. kind of blend together. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, so in fact, the, I'm thinking, did we miss a day? Was it wasn't there another windy day of sitting in the tent the whole time, or am I missing something? No, that was just one really long day. 
<laughs> it wasn't two days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we're missing a day with how short the hunt got cut. Um, yeah, I think I think I don't think we're skipping a day, but who knows? If we <laughs> skipped a day, it wasn't an eventful day. Um, so yeah, we're from this glassing point. Uh, long story short, we had like a bull on his own. He kind of disappeared. We lost track of him. We had that herd of 12-ish come over, disappear, lost track of him. I want to say that that was it. Like, we didn't have anything in the sights, anything in the glass from this point, but we kind of both decided um, to split up you and I, Lenny, and obviously bring somebody with us, but we had the tags left to fill, and we just, last day, we got to go do something, and that's that ridge, that grizzly ridge was, you know, we'd seen caribou there early in the morning, and then you guys had seen all kinds of activity um, there earlier that day. So we basically just said, we're both going to head up towards Grizzly Ridge, but kind of split ways and, and see what we can get into. Um, again, it was one of those things where we're sitting there at this glassing point, looking at this ridge that looks like it's right there. And you're just, we'll walk there in 20, 30 minutes. Um, how was that hike over just to get to the ridge, Steve? <laughs> yeah that was good it was so we got to essentially replicate the, the the hike over that tyler had for his bowl that you guys had done um it's yeah i don't even know how to describe it man we were um pretty pretty exhausted i think from the day prior packing on my bowl and you know we were already five miles from camp at that point that morning mm-hmm. um and you just hit that stuff and it, it's like it looks like it's 400 yards but it's actually half a mile uh, or more and yeah it's not fun to walk through i don't I don't know how else to you just kind of like go experience it for yourself talking about it doesn't justify it just crossing the bottom like took it out of us and then we had to climb the big ridge and get up there and again it's just one of those things where that country was so deceiving from the glassing point and us looking up at grizzly ridge it looked good uh, but we got up there and it was like you're on the moon or something it was just kind of a wasteland and desolate and there's way more like subtle cuts and terrain to it than you would have otherwise pictured um when you got up there Lenny, what was your first thoughts because to me it was like we just hiked through the freaking hairy balls to get up here and this even though we saw stuff up here earlier i was like this sucks up here you know like we're in the wrong spot yeah well we were still thinking maybe that one herd of caribou was up there then also you know justin and i we'd seen those grizzlies the day before on that ridge so he really wanted to get some closer up footage of them. Um, you know, it wasn't so far. So I was the whole time, honestly, I was looking for grizzly up there, <laughs> but um, they weren't there. We did see another grizzly on the next ridge. And also, you know, I love looking over the next ridge, but that country's so big. I got to the ridge like, Oh yeah, let's look over the other side. But then that ridge like just keeps falling and rolling and you can't even see the other side. It, it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. So we were up there, Steve, we kind of made a big loop. Um, kind of around the back side of the ridge. Like Lenny just said, we kind of wanted to peek off the back too. We saw a small, small bull up there, um, kind of circled around, got up in that country. We were hoping to have like a good glassing point to hang out. Cause um, you know, there was this other kind of far saddle that we were hoping to see into, maybe get into rifle range and kind of sit for a bit. But the country was just way more broken Um didn't have good vantage points. It, the wind sucked at that point. So we we're kind of trying to tuck out of the wind a little bit, but then you couldn't see for crap. So we just kind of kept looping um, and then circled around and then turned up that 
small bull that was all by himself that we had glassed earlier that morning. Um, and basically, I, I think when we first saw him, I was 400-ish um, away and just kind of kept creeping in on him. Um, got to within 170 or something like that. I forget all the numbers. But anyway, long story short, he kind of caught wind, hopped up, moved a little bit, but still kind of stood there and, and gave me a shooting opportunity. So I had him uh, broadside at 200 yards and uh, last day filled my tag there. And it was, again, yet another situation where we have this hunt going down. <laughs> Jason and Jared, you guys are two and a half miles away from a glassing point watching it. Lenny, Tyler, Justin are like on the same ridge, but further down, they're watching it. There's more armchair quarterback going on. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, I don't know, like that whole aspect of the hunt is something I'll never forget of how many tags we filled with people watching and commenting and like it was just such a it's like a i don't know it's such an interesting dynamic it was truly one of my favorite parts of this hunt for sure you know the footage you know the footage when we put together this alaska series that we did is going to be pretty funny because it's 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 you're going to hear a lot of commentary of the people watching from two miles away about how how what are they doing? Oh my yeah. God. What? What? I mean, the catchphrase for everybody was there's no sense of urgency. They're not even hurting. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be funny to see that, that, that far away angle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm excited sure. to see like the film come together and be able to go back and relive it all. Cause there's, it's going to be uh be some serious comedy in there yeah it's gonna be entertaining for sure yeah it's and it brings up the legit point of how different things are when you're in the middle of it and you're making decisions versus having this like outside perspective and truly like armchair quarterbacking like what you see in both of those different situations can be so different and it's i mean it's just true of life in general but this is like a perfect point that kind of brings that home Let's see. Um, from there, Lenny, you guys, you guys hung out on the ridge. Um, Steve and I, we packed that bull back across the bottom. We were, I don't know, seven-ish miles from camp at that point. Um, and yeah, it was it was kind of final day, Lenny. From your perspective, what was what was going through your mind? Um, you had been pretty dedicated to be boat only this trip. Um, you were willing to kind of get a rifle out of the right opportunity and the right bull came along, but you kind of stuck to your, I would say stuck to your guns, stuck to your bow. Um, and then just kind of that last day, like where were you at headspace wise and what were you thinking about things? I wanted to go to the North slope. Because <laughs> 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 supposedly there's 250,000 of them that were like six, I think, I think we were at camp was maybe at 10, 12 miles from the North slope. And, you know, so I kept seeing these caribou going to the top. All I could think about was, we just go over that north slope there's like 250,000 caribou sitting over there. <laughs> <laughs> um no uh you know I, I uh i killed a caribou last time steve and i were up there so and i killed out the rifle so i was definitely pretty set on bow but i have to say like when you see a big caribou their horns are so big in comparison to their body um i probably would have grabbed a gun fairly quickly <laughs> if i actually would have had the opportunity but you know honestly in that whole hunt we pretty much killed every bull that showed up in that canyon um and I really ne- never had an opportunity. Uh, so as far as caribou go hunting goes, it was extremely poor. Um, you know, so at that point, you know, you're just soaking it in with the guys and how 
cool it is up there. And, uh, you know, you kind of just got to say, well, that's hunting. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a, a trip that truly illustrates like expectations can matter a big deal because half of me is torn to say this trip and the hunting was horrible. And then half of me is like, we filled five out of six tags in, in five it's like days this, in five days and not even five days actually of hunting. I think we had with the wind day, we had like four days of hunting. True. Um, so it's just a weird deal where like if we were all hoping to go up there and just see like hundreds of caribou, massive migration activity. That's why we went the time of year that we did and where we did. And that's what all of us were hoping for, dreaming for, and honestly planning for. Um, and it was literally none of that, like literally none of that. Um, but at the same time, it's such an amazing trip. Like what are your, anybody can jump in on this, but like, what are your thoughts on expectations and like how you look at this type of hunt and kind of weigh like, was it awesome or was it horrible? Because I think it was some of both. And I think most hunts are. I mean, I, I think depending on your attitude, like you said, if same hunt could have been awesome or it could have been awful. But um, I think every one of us walked away thinking, I mean, it was, it was, it was great, but we probably wouldn't do it again. Yeah, I'd agree. It was a blast. I mean, it, it just, the expectations were you're going to have hundreds of caribou walk by you daily and we had to like seek out and destroy, like we were just covering country and, um, you know, literally killing every caribou. We had a legitimate chance. I mean, we glassed them at three or four miles that there's no, ch- no chance you'd ever get on them, but everyone we had a legitimate chance of getting on, we killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have been shocked if you would have told me you, we would kill five caribou out of seeing legitimately not many more than that, that were practically killable and that we would have killed all of the caribou between like two and a half and seven miles from camp like there was no freaking way um i mean some of us had joked beforehand of like yeah let's tag out in like the first two or three days and just sit around and fish <laughs> like, that would have been awesome <laughs> but it was truly down to like the last minute of the last day of trying to fill tags and so it was definitely uh different than what expectations you know some of us had for sure um yeah, from there, I mean, I guess we'll just, just kind of briefly touch on that was the last day of our hunt. Um, what was that, guys? Everything runs together. That was would have been Sunday. We were supposed to fly out Monday. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so Monday we wake up. Um, at this point, you know, essentially everybody's in that frame of mind of like, that is what it is. Like everybody's ready to fly out and go home as enjoyable as the trip was. We all packed up our gear. We're literally sitting uh, lakeside, gear loaded, packed up, ready to get picked up, and uh, got a message that the weather was not going to allow them to pick us up that day, which was... I, at one point, I think I had went in the tent and was by myself. Uh, I can't remember what I was... I think I was reading or something. And Jason, you came in, and we're literally packed up and ready to go. I think I even had my waiters on and everything, and you're like, oh yeah, we just got a message. They're not coming. <laughs> and I 110% of me thought that you were joking. And like, are your, you serious? Your, your facial yeah. expression didn't change. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> One more night in the wind. Yeah. Well, yeah. right back up on, you know, Steve and I were like, oh, you know, it's okay. You guys go out in the field. And then when it was time, because only, what, six of us could fly back or five of us? Five, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Uh, two people had to stay. 
and we knew that if whoever was going to stay was going to spend another night there, and we were all ready to go home. And there was definitely no volunteers this time around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we literally drew straws. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I got a message that morning from the flight company that yeah, they're they're, they're coming. They can grab five of us and our gear, and so that's why we we uh no nobody was volunteering. It's it's a funny thing on your when you talk about expectations. I think Jason, you had mentioned it. If this was like a fourteen day hunt, you would have been totally fine, but. In your mind, your your flights are booked. You're supposed to get home. Your wives and kids are waiting for you. And then all of a sudden, that's just like that rug's ripped out from underneath you. And it's kind of a tough, you're just like, son of a, you know, uh, to have all that changed on you. And it's, um, again, we talked about taking it for granted here in, in Idaho. When things aren't going our way, you jump in your truck, you hike a few miles, you jump in your truck, and you, and you change it. You drive home, you go to a different spot, and up there you're so dependent on somebody else it's just a totally different way of hunting and, and i think for anybody going up to alaska you have to really just add and subtract days from the beginning and end of your trip and just expect that and if you get out to the field on time and then get out of the field back home on time that's a win but uh, it's just i don't think that's the norm in fact i was going to email the, the the air service and see like you know do 10% get out, uh, on time or do 90%. Cause it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I bet it's 50, 50. You actually get out on the day you're supposed to. Oh, it's funny. That's only my second trip to Alaska, but, uh, kind of the same situation when I went there last time, got stuck in town, couldn't get out and then got held up a couple days on the back end of it. And I've like totally, I came home and I'm going to start using a new term when things don't work out like you think it should. I'm going to call it, I got alaska <laughs> <laughs> because nothing works out the way you think it should in Alaska ever. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happens on Alaska time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah, so we were late flying into the field, late flying out of the field, lost days hunting while we were in the field. Like that's just part of it. So, um, yeah, for sure. Count on it. We'll, we will uh, do another podcast talking about nitty-gritty stuff, uh, logistics, stuff we learned, stuff we would do different, gear, all that. So we'll do a whole other podcast talking about that, like more how-to stuff. Um, but before we go, we've already gone an hour plus uh, just to put you all on the spot. What's the first thing that came to mind that you were glad you had with you on this trip? Uh Tyler go. Oh my gosh. You had to ask me first. Just one. <laughs> um, I'll go first. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead, Jason. Uh, the first light puffy pants. Oh, yes. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, those were so money when you just sit in camp, stagnant, cold, just slip those pants on and it's like wearing a sleeping bag all day. It was awesome. Yeah. So that was the same for you, Lenny. Um, I guess for comfort wise, but actually the target that Tyler brought that was key. Otherwise, I would have been completely shut down with the bow. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's my puffy pants and the and the target. Those are my two. Like, yeah, that's awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. We talked a couple times about the puffy pants during the trip. Of like, they weren't even on our radar two years ago, but now they're like, I wouldn't do this without them. Which Alaska <laughs> yeah. is clearly different than like you know, hunting elk in September. Um, but yeah, for this trip, they were they were money for sure. Steve, you were um, much more manly than all of us as usual and didn't bring the puffy pants. So what would your answer be? <laughs> yeah, I regretted that. Um, 
the gear thing it is just it's pretty specific well it's not specific up there but uh, a giant spotter jason had a swirl 95 um and yeah that thing was amazing up there uh and lenny and i had remembered this from our last trip the air quality is so clean uh for whatever reason you can just glass twice as far as you can here in idaho I, i don't know how how or why but it's it's insane how far you can glass so um that was a big one um and then you know <laughs> sounds corny but the uh my first reaction when he asked that question was like six really good buddies with me um yeah. that's what's made the trip if it was just you know if it was just lenny and i yeah we would have had some fun but just being stuck in the tent and um you know it just man we had such a great time so many good memories and fun jokes i wish we could repeat on this podcast that came out <laughs> of uh, came out of 36 hours sitting in a tent you know uh it, it was a great time yeah for sure cool that's good yeah we'll we'll hit more on gear logistics and all that stuff to come but guys thanks for uh joining us and sharing the stories and we don't have a a place to point you to yet but all of this uh chaos was filmed and so that'll be coming out uh probably early 2020 um through pure elevation uh probably through the full draw film tour we'll be sure to let you guys know about that but uh you can kind of relive that through video of a few different angles <laughs> um so that'd be cool <laughs> so guys thanks for the time well guys thank you so much for tuning in things are still a bit up in the air with september and hunts going on and, and crazy schedules so not quite back to regular episodes or regularly scheduled programming but we're getting there for sure so be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already to receive future episodes and for that Leopold giveaway to win the rifle scope or the Leopold rangefinder be sure you go to exomountgear.com forward slash podcast. Just look for the giveaway link there and it'll take a few seconds to enter. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. hope that your September has gone really well. Um, and if you do have a story to share, anything like that, field photos, we'd just love to hear from you and hear how your hunting season is going. Email us directly to podcast at exomountgear.com.